the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Everyone ready? Well, yeah, we're waiting for you to do the intro. No, I'm just getting <laughs> some eye contact in the room. <laughs> it was weird. We haven't done it face-to-face for ages. I know, I don't like it, actually. I might look away the whole time. <laughs> Normally, when so we do the yes. show, I'm facing into the corner, because I have to put my microphone here, so that the window, you know, my window to the room, yeah. like this side, I make it, like, boxed off, so that oh, I'm shielding all the car sounds, <laughs> and the sound of my bathroom not being finished. Okay, here's an intro coming now. Hello and welcome to episode six of That's a Shame. I'm Isaac. I'm Declan. And for the first time ever, it's taken us six six and a half episodes, we'll yeah. say, we've got with us a very special guest. Who better to to guest for the first time to really break that format that we'd worked so hard to build into place? <laughs> to cultivate. Yeah, because if there's one way you could describe our show, it is um, structured. Yes, measured. And, yeah, and planned. Definitely. And here to barrel through all that, like the giant clockwork robot man <laughs> is. Welcome to the show, Joe D'Angelo. Hooray! Hello, everyone. I'm, I'm afraid I've been mostly oversold to you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't undersell yourself, D'Angelo, any any cost. So, yeah, it's very nice for you to join us. Have you been on a podcast before? I've not, no. It's my first uh, first. terribly exciting because I understand that you're considering a project podcast based of your own yeah um i've got a little idea going on Mm -hmm. about uh sort of looking at restaurants and more kind of looking at the idea of the experience i wouldn't use the word looking looking too much (laughs) in an audible medium (laughs) but that's just me eating at them this is why it's currently an idea not (laughs) it's in the workshop stage we've got a focus group on it (laughs) luckily they're all blind so it's really been quite (laughs) trying to transfer still to that audio element (laughs) Well, that's quite exciting. I'm sure we'll be able to like cross promote and plug your show. Definitely, I eventually. would not do that. If I <laughs> wow. Unless it's shit, obviously. <laughs> oh, then we'll definitely lampoon it live on air, possibly with you on an episode. Oh gosh, that I does sound fun. Well, thank you for coming on. I, I realise you don't have a lot of choice because you're here. No, well, I've yeah, been, we should mention I've that we're all trapped. in the same place as well. Yeah, for the first time in since ever, about what one episode, episode since episode three. Yeah, wow. And think how far what we've come since then. So we've actually recorded about a thousand episodes, it feels (laughs) like, because in the last few days, as we, did we mention this in whatever episode five was? I don't think we did. No. But we will mention it in future episodes, (laughs) forgetting that they came out after the fact. But Declan's going on holiday and we're also like busy-ish for the next week. So we've had to bank a few. Don't be thinking that that's going to lower the quality, if anything. We've rose, we rose to the occasion. The only thing is that we do do a lot of promotion for things that will be then in the past, <laughs> such as this episode. That's all right, though. It will keep people coming back for more and just looping back round yeah. through the podcast like a big hamster wheel. Because I was listening to it last night to do a few audiograms. Oh, yeah. Which, which also people won't have seen yet, probably. <laughs> which hopefully some some people will. Yeah. Some people have They're seen. very exciting. They're just mini clips yeah. that end with our lovely voiceover man who... Jody something. Oh, glad I credited him. <laughs> Thanks for your work, Jody. The man's done like professional commercials, so we should probably credit him at some point. Yeah. Um, but there's just a, quite a few moments where we're talking about how episode six will be in oh, episode yes. seven. I think people will enjoy that, though, because it's a glimpse behind the curtain. Because you know what the average listener is like? Not They don't know what goes on behind the microphone. All the way. And think of the privilege that it must be. It's like getting a tour of the chocolate factory yeah. in Willy Wonka to just find out that the hosts don't exist in the same time frame that you do. No. I'd be moved. 
and, that, <laughs> and that something of such incredible quality is produced with one laptop, it one boggles wire, and some the mind. bubble wrap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got bubble wrap on the table. Apologies for any of this calibre of noise. Um, but, you know, there's only so much we can do. And there's um, only so much we care. Yeah, that as well. And, you know, the, if, if audio quality is your main concern, then you've really come to the wrong <laughs> podcast. <laughs> you probably like true crime. <laughs> In which case, you can go right away. Um, we've got a hell of a show coming up. We have got a few things planned. I've got a few surprises in this bag of tricks <laughs> that is alarming or concerned. But maybe we should set up why we're all together for this momentous occasion first, because it leads us into a topic. Declan, over to you. Uh, yeah, so I have been entirely sober mm-hmm. for 364 days now. Uh, How's it been? Uh, miserable. Oh, that's the one. <laughs> uh, very depressing. Mm-hmm. Um a struggle, uh-huh. but it's done, and I can get utterly fucked. <laughs> Not sure you've taken the lesson necessarily no. well, <laughs> from that. No, well, uh, it, I mean, I have changed attitudes towards drinking uh-huh. just not heavy drinking <laughs> so you're you're removing habitual drinking and becoming a binge drinker yeah that's, that's good that's a great move you know the one that's sort of it's slightly unhealthier but probably more acceptable socially so. oh yeah in this country definitely yeah because we don't like at least people that i would go out for dinner with don't normally get a glass of wine or anything i don't think i'm quite at that age bracket Slash, that's just not what my friends do often. I know you're a wine drinker, Dan. But he's, a, he's an Italian man, so we allow him yeah. that. Um, but binge drinking is very much the English way. Oh, we love it. It's all about... Go hard or go home. Exactly. This is the culture that Freshers Week dictates. <laughs> must continue throughout our sorry existence. <laughs> until an early liver failure. Yeah. Costs us our, our very life at some... Well, that's, you know, I'm hoping that... The year off, mm-hmm. I mean, whilst people are very keen to tell me that I'll probably have one drink and be on the floor. Oh, no. Which I don't believe. Don't think so. For a second. But, I mean, the liver is one of the only organs that regenerates. Yeah, so like a salamander's tail. The, the way I see it, I'm stronger baby. than ever. That's true. Okay, so maybe this will be a pattern in your life then. One year on, one year off. <laughs> like part, like rotating crops yeah, in the agricultural revolution. Nice. So you're looking forward then, I, I take it, to breaking the fast I'd be lying if I said anything else and we've got a whole event planned around it because oh, yeah. it was nice of David Lynch to step up to the plate and really choose. deliver for me <laughs> so we're going to be watching the Twin Peaks premiere of the new series indeed Dan you've not seen any Twin Peaks no never never even had a glimpse of one uh-huh. you haven't had a taste no not, like had a, say. not had a taste no, of that's Twin Peaks and it's not uh, ostensibly a show that allows a lot of dipping <laughs> in and out <laughs> There's it's, quite a lot of context it's to not, its bizarrity. Yeah, it's not hugely accessible at any point other than episode one. And even if you've seen it all, that's the case. Yeah. So if you just got dropped in, as you're about to, in Next season name. three, 20 years later, Gosh. more than that, how many years has it been? Because it's like almost close 20 to, years. Close since, to 30. Bloody hell. Was 20, yeah, 26 years since. Oh no. 1991 was season two. Goodness, that's depressing. I know. Oh, maybe I'll drink for a whole year <laughs> just straight <laughs> um, well, I, I was saying that it's weird that the quality of just the mechanics of television has improved so much that I, I don't know how I feel about watching Twin Peaks in high def yeah it'd be part weird of, wouldn't it part of the whole point of it was that it was grainy and the special mm. effects were done on 
PowerPoint or something. We should spend a few hours before just sort of staring at things too much until our eyes become all tired. Yeah. Just probably (laughs) dirty glasses to view it as Lynch intended. Yeah, I think it'll be good. And I'm interested to hear your hot take on Twin Peaks because it's a two hour... Is it one episode that's two hours or something? I'm not sure. I I haven't... I think they're doing like a special premiere event that is preposterously long. Good. Yeah, why not? More content. Exactly. And maybe we'll do like, we'll chat about it afterwards. Not directly afterwards, but at some point. Yeah. Because I'm sure we'll have a lot of thoughts on it. Because I've been rewatching it as well. And if our listeners aren't watching it, they can fuck off. Very wrong decision on your part. (laughs) I realise that you might not have the channel, and indeed I don't. But everyone has piracy, so just have a taste of that. Um, I thought uh, we've discussed alcohol, so I'm going to give you the first of my treats from Isaac's goodie bag. Can you tell what it is yet? <laughs> this one is... Uh, my, my family went to France the other day. Just wow. One, and it's Aww. a very odd beer, especially oh for you. It's in for uh, people who aren't in this room, which I recognise is, is the majority. <laughs> is it made of clay? It's, it's in a large bottle that, yeah, it looks like it's, it's kind of... bigger a, than any beer you've ever had. <laughs> I think it's like 8%. 8.5% as well. Wow. That's what you want in That's how you know it's good. And then also, I asked William to pick up something that looked odd or, or gross, I think he took it out. So he's got this uh, pear liqueur. It's 25% oh, APV. It's helpfully got several pictures of pears on it. Oh, wonderful. Just in case you can't read the word pear. It's actually called Pear William as well. I wonder if that's oh. why I picked it. Mm. So that's something to have a taste oh, of as well. Oh, that's very kind of both you and William. So thank you very much. Oh, that, that's right. And William well, uh, probably involved in the thing as well. Yes. We'll have a taste thank of you that. To Catherine also. We'll put some photos of it on Twitter because... Yes, definitely. I just feel bad describing things that people can't see. And uh, I'll let you know once I've had a little taste. Mm. So have you decided you, on your first drink? Yes, we're going to crack open that uh, pear liqueur. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to get my tongue round it. Mm. Um, no, we're going to crack open a bottle of whiskey. Okay. Mm. And is there any special significance? Because you, you're not a big whiskey drinker in your drinking days, were you? Uh, no, but only because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> um, but this was a birthday present. For my twenty mm. second birthday, oh, and I hadn't had reason to Gosh, break a ten year old bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't had reason to break it open uh, until I quit, and then I can't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. then you had absolutely every reason not to. <laughs> okay, well, that's every desire to do so. Yeah, that's understandable. So, so I'm thinking we go whiskey. Beer and then a pear chaser. (laughs) It's the classic classic British night in. It's lovely, isn't it? It's quite fruity end to the day. I'm looking forward to it. I think um, I agree with you. I don't feel like a year is going to just remove your tolerance to alcohol entirely. Because a lot of it is not, a lot of it is just innate. Because the first time you drink when you're what, seven, eight, (laughs) (laughs) staggering around the house, swearing. Bathrobe open. <laughs> Trying some of your more offensive stand-up sets that you haven't quite sold to audiences yet. No, mum, it is like this. You're just not paying attention. Um, you don't get pissed on, like, WKD, bright blue, oh, tastes of melted no. ice pops. No, not at all. Sorry, I think I had 85 of them, like I used to do. Oh, really? Yeah. You would go hard on the WKD. I used to do a fantastic drink. It was a, uh, I would half finish a can of beer. <laughs> I like that. No, no fantastic. <laughs> they call it the half pint. No fantastic drink has ever started with I half finish yeah, a yeah, pint. No of drink. No, just you wait for it, and okay. then I would top up the rest with the cheapest vodka I could find. That's so weird. <laughs> wow. I, I used to do that at festivals. I would then immediately 
pass out <laughs> one of my famous Joe Dangers. <laughs> I was I remember being at a party, um I think it was A level results day. Mm-hmm. Um and sadly it was at the house of a girl I didn't know very well but was very good friends with a lot of my uh-huh. my friends. It's an unfortunate dynamic. Yeah. Because you, you might break something and then you really have to apologise over, well, over much. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, but... <laughs> uh, because my, my girlfriend broke at the heart. time I trust. left. I like left sort of earlier than I did. And I stuck around. I'd been drinking absinthe. Oh, yeah. Had you brought. done the half a beer, fill it up with absinthe? Uh, no. The, I'd, the D'Angelo. I'd done the just drink a whole little bottle of absinthe wow. that we've got from... Uh, now. Yeah, we've got... <laughs> it's very modern. They were all different colours. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, because we'd bought them back from holiday. And then, having just bid farewell to my girlfriend at the door, mm-hmm. I came back into the kitchen and there was a whole jug of vodka and lemonade on the table. That's like uh, in the Beano or something if Dennis the Menace could smell a pie from a window. Seat. Yeah, exactly. That's a couple... <laughs> <laughs> there I it is. I resist. Absolutely zoned in on Nash is just going fucking mental. He's <laughs> foaming like a rabid dog. And I just downed it. Oh, that's an error. Uh, and then I was feeling ill. Oh, wow. Imagine. And, and what do you suppose the cause and effect might be? Well, I hadn't, you know, I'd had a dodgy kebab. Yeah. It could be anyone's. I was quite tired. Um, and I remember that I, I sat down on the sofa, but my my jeans were like pressing into my stomach and I, I felt like I was going to be ill. So I undid the button on the top of my jeans and then I, I'll graciously <laughs> say, fell asleep. Oh. <laughs> um, that makes asleep. you sound like the princess in the pea or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I perched upon my soft bed, the linen... Opened my trousers, trousers and fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a princess always um, does. The next thing I knew... I'm on big the floor mm-hmm. on my front being sick oh, onto the carpet. Um, carpet as well. Yeah, I know. Such that's a shame. A classic error. Uh, and I had apparently in this time both rung my girlfriend and my dad. No memory of this. What? And had conversations or just called? Uh, I'd left a voicemail to my oh, girlfriend no. and I'd, I'd spoken to my dad. A real error. <laughs> Revealing how drunk I was. But he was on his way to come and pick me up. And... Uh, a couple of my friends like helped me up off the floor and were walking me out. But the trouble was that it was a pair of quite old jeans. So the zip's integrity was about lax. Similar to your own. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Had about the same strength as my legs at this point. And so with each kind of shuffled step that they dragged me out, it lowered and lowered and lowered until the whole jeans just fell down to around my ankles. And then they dropped me on the front lawn. And that that is how my dad discovered me. It's like (laughs) being sick, face down, trousers around. It's like Princess Diana after the Royal Variety performance (laughs) or something. Such grace. It's just a certain elegance that you can't pay for. You can't learn it. Yeah. And it's stories like that that really show why you gave up drinking for a year. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so drinking has been... uh, consistent team in our friendship all three of us definitely big part of my life definitely yeah I think it's a big part of it is a a cultural thing as well but it's very much like I don't feel like we've really stopped the kind of university approach to alcohol I don't which is that it's still very functional at this point it's very rare that I drink to enjoy it as much well not 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 to enjoy it but it's not like I I wouldn't spend extra if I was at a pub I want the cheapest beer Yeah. yeah yeah And it will be that way until I'm making, you know, 
any amount of money. <laughs> Quite <laughs> honestly. Anyone paying me for anything. <laughs> <laughs> Till the overdraft is no more, then it will be, what's your cheapest pint, please? And then you take the little sad downward turn of their Chewborg. eyes. Chewborg. <laughs> oh, it's a festival beer. <laughs> You'll love it. Yeah, I tell you why it's a festival beer. It's shit. Because they've spent all their money to sell from it. piss. <laughs> They just scoop it out of the portal. It's a direct feed. So a classic drink that I think we should try and recreate over the next few days, if not at some point in the next, like, say, month of your being re-entered yeah. drinking, is, and it goes by many names, and it's a source of some controversy. Here we go. So there was a club in York called... It's called The Willow. Yep. No one knew it as The Willow. <laughs> the definite article might as well have fucked itself off years before. And it was a Chinese restaurant. Wow. And I use the word was hesitantly because it, it was still a Chinese restaurant in all but the fact that it was no longer legally allowed to serve food <laughs> other than a dirty, dusty pot of sweated upon prawn crackers that just sort of sat menacingly in the corner like an old, <laughs> old racist uncle ready to, ready to food poison you with some UKIP slander and um, we used to go there often too often <laughs> it was the define every day <laughs> did you mean well it was the last place open in York and yeah. we're not one of these you know if you're out you're out yeah, yeah. Confusingly, I made that sound like we're not one of those. Yeah, <laughs> we are. One of we those. are exactly those people. What I just said, think the opposite. Sometimes you're going to have to keep up. I can't handhold you through this meandering conversation. And there was a drink that I first heard about before I kind of knew anything about any of the people involved in its creation. And it's quite unique. I've not heard of other people experiencing the no. same thing. Hmm. It is now. You think it has to be a diet coke. Well, let's yeah. l- let's hear each person's hot take. So, I was introduced to the recipe. I think recipe is a strong word <laughs> for <laughs> it. Two ingredients. <laughs> um, I think it might have been before the two. I'm I'm not sure if it was before the two of you or at the same time. Yeah, no, the forum certainly would probably be before. Yeah. And I'm under the impression mm-hmm. that this drink, lovingly named the Joe Williams. <laughs> uh huh. First point of contention. <laughs> and it's got the tension to, in the room is got around. to be a vodka diet coke mm-hmm. and a shot of apple sours. Okay. That's the definite drink I remember, the one I love. It's also very key that it's served in a plastic tumbler. Yeah. It's <laughs> a got to be a, a nice greasy prawn yeah. cracker coating. You've got to be able to see someone else's lip shadow <laughs> still on the got on to be the thrown at you from across what they called a bar it was just a kind of trestle table <laughs> with yeah they didn't even bother having like they had one fridge full of beers that I've just never seen anywhere else no, like they a, must have been home brewing them upstairs or something a fasters or something yeah um, so the differences then are that yeah we found out about it I think I found out about it after you yeah and at the time, it was introduced to us by a different person altogether. Yes, it was called an Alex Wakelam. After mm-hmm. Alex Wakelam. Yes. And Surprise. It, and I believe, though I can't say with any, to use a Donald Trump phrase, with, that, with any surety, okay. uh, that it didn't have to be just Diet Coke. But no, I, I think that's a I, flexibility. I, I remember allow. it being sort of indiscriminate. Yeah. The great thing about the drink is that there's so little thought gone into it. It's basically <laughs> just a vehicle to continue to I think the barman really. might have just dropped an apple sour into a vodka cup. <laughs> One time I just got a Granny Smith in a cup. <laughs> she just poured vodka over it while staring at me. <laughs> 
dribbling is a horrible experience. I think I might have gone for the Diet Coke because when you look at my svelte frame, <laughs> you might think that's the Diet Coke drink. <laughs> that's, a, that's Dr. DC. If I can be sure of one thing, looking at this man. I think the Diet Coke is why it probably has more of the chemicals that keep you going in the willow. Whereas mm. you get the sugar peak too early from the, from the yeah. full... To use an expression I loathe, full fat Coke. Oh. It's one of those things that makes me cringe like creative juices. Mm. When you hear Gosh. someone in a supermarket, sorry, love, have you got the full fat Coke? <laughs> you can like hear the lard dripping well, out yeah, because it's, it, it does sound as though they are specifically drinking it for the fat. I can't drink me giblets anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what about this Coca-Cola Life? Rubbish. What's that about? What is its vibe? It's, it's got a, gr- sort of it's like a green label. See, I've heard that it's quite good, but I just refuse to be associated yeah, with such a stupid brand. Well, no. this is this is one of the things. Like, it may well be very good, but I can't be seen drinking it. No, and also one of, one of my least favorite things about this year of not drinking. People looking at me yeah. <laughs> while I drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, Maybe um, in dark corners and drink now. Well, I've, I've quite enjoyed for the last six months of the year. Um, Drinking the non-alcoholic beers. Mm. Now, there's an asterisk next to the next to the word enjoy, which is that they've distracted me from the depressing fact that I can't have any of the actually nice drinks. Yeah. Um, well, if you have twenty of them, it's like having half a pint. Half a pint, but also an entire hot air balloon's worth of gas. <laughs> yeah. um, that turns into the Hindenburg, <laughs> complete with the crash that just I'm like, explodes. I'm like violent Beauregard. Little Oompa Loompa's trying to roll him out. Yeah, so like you have to ask for it at the bar, and it's the true one of most thing, drinks. The one thing that yeah. I, but you have to normally specifically inquire as to whether they yeah, have. That's not everywhere does. But if I'm at the bar. And anyone else comes up and goes, have you got any non-alcoholic beers? I think, what a cunt. <laughs> I hate him. Ugh. What are you, you doing? You think you're better than us. What are you doing here? <laughs> Get out. Fuck off. Go somewhere else. Get it out is, of the bar. Um, yeah. drink out of a tap. It tells you a lot about... A, well, it kind of makes you wonder about that person. Because it's mm. a sentence that has a lot of like theatricality about it. Because yeah. it conveys a whole story about how a person has got to the stage in their life. Where that's a request that they're willing to make in public, as rather than just they do. ordering them on Amazon in a big crate that yeah. comes like a hundred of them the at the middle of the night, <laughs> get them delivered to the neighbours so that the postman doesn't know. I've realised <laughs> that we never actually said the full list of ingredients of this drink. No, Dan's did vodka, coke, vodka, and coke, yeah, vodka, apple cake, apple sours. If you want to try it, sweaty coke. tumbler. So yeah, I think we should give it a go. And grey ice. Well, I was looking at this pear. <laughs> I was looking at this pear liqueur. That could Substitute form a kind of sandwich. posh apple oh sour. My oh my guys, goodness! This is like the middle class equivalent the, of it. The Joseph D'Angelo. Oh, wow. it's a vodka coke. A glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> glass of wine with a shot with of pear liqueur. <laughs> that sounds so deep. Like upsetting. oil on the med. Mm. Oh, <laughs> the Willow, though, it was a place that holds forever. It's a lot like the John Darkins saga, which have we had the update episode yet? Yes. Oh, no. Okay, well, guys, stay tuned <laughs> because in episode seven, there's going to be a big update on Johnny D. And I think you're going to want to hear it. But much like your initial uh, assessment of John Darkins, it's a character study that has a very definitive start and end. And for us, Willow ended forever the year we left and it's been a york institution for like 20 or 30 years mm. there are people who are like teaching at the university mm. who used to go there when it was still a restaurant by day before old disco, mr quote yeah disco. Crime hub by night. the willow disco 
And I will always remember, and in fact have referenced already today, Tommy Fong was the proprietor of Willow. And he's a kind of cult figure in York. He's mm. an ageless man. Um, he could be 30. He could be older than time itself. <laughs> in many ways. The more likely of the two. Yeah. The only time his appearance ever changed was uh, based on which part of Willow he appeared in. Mm. Yeah. He used to just pop up. Like in Disney World, they have a network of tunnels that go underneath the whole thing so that you don't see Mickey Mouse walking around twice, like if they're in two different parts of the park and things like that so they can get to the relevant bits. And it was like Tommy Fong had this uncanny ability to just pop up when he was needed. It's like in uh, the later Pirates of the Caribbean films where Davy Jones can just sort of like morph into the wall of the ship Handy, and then come it? out somewhere Pirate else. Pirate the ship, part of the crew. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they did that because they didn't want to have any shots of him just walking around? Well, because, well, because he had... <laughs> Because he, he looks no so legs. stupid. He had like yeah. one crab leg and one one that was, I think, just what an is, empty shoe. What is David and, Jones uh, in this? So, uh, well, was he a person? He was a person. He turns into a horrid corrupted fish. By, yeah, by the but sea. by every different bit of the sea at once. It's yeah. like the sea has <laughs> absolutely just smashed all of its component parts onto him. One arm with a bit of seaweed just flopping. He's around. got a shark's fin coming out of his nose. Horrible. Have you seen the Paul McCartney thing about the next parts of the Caribbean? Is it real? Yeah. I think so. It's I deeply upsetting. It's totally, it's he really was odd. in The Beatles. <laughs> like sometimes you have to have remind yourself that Paul McCartney, who sang at the Queen's Jubilee, some atrocious rendition that I think was the point that British culture was like, Paul, it's, it's time to call it a day. <laughs> he did, I think he did a song with Elton John or something. It was a deeply upsetting affair. Um, is now going to appear in Pirates of the Caribbean yeah. as a pirate of the Caribbean. Well, it's the next logical step in his career. Really, I guess so. From he's seen Keith station. doing it, and he's like, <laughs> "Wow, that'll be nice." Give us a taste. <laughs> Give us a taste. That was more Ringo. <laughs> Hello, Thomas. <laughs> what about the Thomas the Tank Engine, where he ends up behind a giant wall? Oh, that, <laughs> that, that one of those of I think Thomas. I think William deserved his punishment. What do you think? Don't you? Yeah, don't. And then oh, it just that slow. Bum, 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 bum. It just pans in on this guy's this horrible train's eyes behind the tunnel, and he stays there forever. Is he ever mentioned again in Thomas? No, he's behind that wall for the rest even now. Of time. I think I saw him on the train here. Actually. <laughs> you, I heard you, a wail. Have you seen the one about the uh, the train that powers the whole island? Gosh, what? It's like another one who's been punished. Yeah, the whole all of the is it a metaphor for rugged individualism? Uh, Probably like not. No, Rand I think it's more. I think it's more <laughs> slavery. John, John oh. In that he's literally just on what essentially like a hamster in a wheel. He's just a train on this little in this box oh, that's got no. a bit of track, and he has to forever. Oh no! He has to forever. But where does the narrative go? It just starts and stops with him in the same place. Yeah, he has no arc. <laughs> it's just about how, how depressing his Isn't life. Isn't it a shame? It's more of a character study. <laughs> Look, at, <laughs> Look at this monster! <laughs> Wouldn't like to be Thin. like that, would you? Um, that's unfortunate. I was going to. I don't know how we got into Thomas the Tank Engine. We, we, you were you just talking about how Tommy Fong was a kind of master, and he was called kind of Thomas of all, Fong. Then you didn't Isn't it funny that he's called Thomas Fong? I never thought of that because Tommy Fong became almost a one-word moniker. Tommy Fong. Tommy Fong, yeah. It's like a kind of hi-fi. Um, I'll always remember there are two abiding weird memories of when Willow is disrupted as a, prim- as a kind of concept. Oh, yeah. Because you go to a club, you pay your entry at Willow. It was a, a price that changed every time you were there, but it was never above like... <laughs> Sometimes it was just the man on the door just giving your skin a kind of rub. <laughs> <laughs> You'd offer your hand for him to just lick like guard dog. <laughs> Silent Simon, as he was. Uh, there's yeah. Silent Simon. Uncommonly known. And uh, 
Fat Gay Tony was the other one, named yeah. after the Italian job. Mm. <laughs> Pal. And um, you'd rock up, and inside it was this very low-ceilinged, like... It you felt... Climb about 85 flights of stairs that before true. you entered. And you had to dodge all the people who were inevitably falling down. <laughs> Tumbling. Drunk. I did once fall from The whole way? Yeah. Oh, no. It was hell. I... I cut up my belt. It's long enough. I feel like it's long enough and also not steep enough that there would have been a lot of time to reflect as you were falling. Oh, yeah. I got to look at my whole life. <laughs> not this one is... of the, not one of the people climbing the stairs did anything. <laughs> they all just kind of stood aside as my giant body. Like you're the boulder in Indiana down. Jones. <laughs> oh, off he goes. <laughs> Chasing Tommy Fong down the stairs. So um, one of my memories is when as was not a regular occurrence, to be fair, because they had quite a good bouncer yeah. team, but a uh, a fracas, to use the Jeremy Clarkson oh, <laughs> punching yes. that man term that the media decided on, erupted in the middle of the club. And as I say, Tommy Fong was always, a, he was always there. You always knew he was watching. He was but switching you roles all the time. Where from, exactly. Sometimes he was the door. Days or... Sometimes he was the DJ. Mm. Playing an odd mix of things, <laughs> Turkish rap. Traditional Chinese folk music. It was really quite beautiful, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the great one-two combo. It's the one-two punch of Willie. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, within one second of this fight erupting, he appeared at the, what I'm going to call the control centre. <laughs> but what I really mean is the light switch. <laughs> and started flicking the lights on and off. And there's something incredibly... It's like we were talking about in the episode that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> I'm very disruptive. That pattern interrupt yeah. concept. Because you're in that kind of dark and you've been there for a few hours. So you're like, yeah, your you whole life is in You just yeah. do not associate being able to see with yeah. being in Willow. But They're two all entirely of a sudden, different experiences. Just fluorescence everywhere. Burst into light. And he was flicking them on and off like he was trying to cause us all to die of epilepsy. Yeah. And shouting, <laughs> fire! <laughs> and the loudest voice he had and he had this very unusual accent the likes of which I've never heard replicated which was uh, a mix between a very thick Yorkshire accent and a mix between a very heavy Chinese accent Yeah, and it was uh, quite something to behold because his pitch somehow managed to just penetrate the entirety of Willow the hundreds of Everybody people in there turned <laughs> to look as Tommy Vong just dealt with this situation brilliantly and then the other one, also to do with the lighting stuff, oh, yeah. was when uh, there was a staircase up, you'll remember, inside the club, up to just a seating area, which just was a restaurant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was tables, little like circular tables. A couple of lockers. Yeah, yeah. I just like all the best restaurants. And Did anyone you know refer to that area as the make-out zone? Because I have someone... <laughs> oh, no, no. I know referred to it as the make-out you zone. You want to go to the make-out zone? I just sort of, sort of looked at them like... I never, saw, I never saw anyone... <laughs> being that picky about where they made out in Willow. No, that's true. Up the walls, in the toilets. On Tommy Fong's shoulders. Especially on, on <laughs> the shoulders of the Fong mice. Right up against Mad Max's face. Oh, Mad Max Break J Pro. Yeah. Wow. A great DJ, if ever there was one. Um, yeah, so in this upstairs area, there were, as I say, lots of seating. It was quite a relaxing place. Like It was actually, it's a feature I think more clubs should have, because they'll have booths in a club, but you can't always yeah. hear people. This was far enough away from the clearly quite inexpensive sound system. It had those lovely, um, <laughs> had those lovely open windows looking out onto the street as well. You get the looking lovely right to BHS <laughs> to the to the warehouse. To the closed down Lacenza, which was <laughs> under the nightclub. Well, you, <laughs> you say looking out, but they were always far too condensed oh, to gosh, be able to yes. see anything. That's true. And um, 
I can't remember what it was. Some kind of medical emergency broke out. Someone fell down. They thought she'd properly like, broken her neck. Oh really? Gosh. And within a second again, the lights had just snapped on, and it was this most jolting experience. But I was sitting upstairs, and so it didn't affect me as much because I was kind of out of the dancing. Like I was in the making out. I was in the make out zone. <laughs> and um, this is Isaac BD with the make out <laughs> live from the make out zone. <laughs> It's all going down here, Johnny. <laughs> um, and but you could see everyone just like mid dance move, like hands in the air, just as the lights come on. It's just an immediately kind of deflating moment as you realise that the whole tone of this interaction has now changed. Everyone so, can see you. Yeah, so they can see the illusion is shattered. You, yeah, exactly. It is. It's like the taking off a mask at a masquerade ball because suddenly you can see that calibre of person that you've been dancing with no let's oh, I didn't mean to no. look at you particularly <laughs> sorry about that and, um, I've made some poor choices <laughs> I don't hide from that and um, but more than that the silence is deafening when the music just cuts dead it was like that record scratch yeah lights on and I chose this as a moment to go to the bathroom so I thought it might be evacuating or something so I thought right I'm not not walking home without without sorting this issue <laughs> having been in the make out zone for the last four hours it was an intense session it was actually a marathon and on my walk to the bathroom uh, which is a whole other kettle of piss <laughs> as it turns out it was like wading through the swamp of like Mississippi the world's wettest wall <laughs> they actually got an award for that they've got a Guinness world record that they made themselves in it was an absolute piss miss it was as dreadful soon as you opened the door. horrible experience but on the like 20 foot walk there I saw this guy look nervously around at a group of people with whom he'd been trying to do that classic dick move of ingratiating yourself with a pre-existing group. Listeners, yeah. if you're this person... You're a, a criminal. Yeah. You're you a sexual predator. And no one wants to dance with you. the lowest of the low. You have to be, like, fully mad to be able to successfully ingratiate yourself. Or some people always stunningly argue. gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> some people argue, well, what if I've gone to the club by myself? Well, there's that your first mistake. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> but yeah, so he's <clears throat> he was one of these people who was caught at a very inopportune moment, throwing a big shape, and slowly kind of reeled it in like a fisherman pulling in all his different. I don't know a lot about fishing. <laughs> all his different lines. I wasn't going to stop you. <laughs> like a big spider that was just bringing his web back into the fold, and he slowly deflated into kind of a normal cocktail party position and looked around the group and said. So, um, anyone got any plans for the summer? <laughs> and then their faces are just like, the, you can't but talk these, to us ever again. These two <laughs> phrases just spread like wildfire. It was, yeah. have you got any plans for the summer? And even more boringly, so what do you study? Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> it's three in the morning. And also, not everyone there was at uni. No. Because you remember the famously, Max Fitzroy Stone declared last... No, our last year, the song of the summer to be cheerleader, the remix of that song. And there was one time in Willow, there was this man jiving erratically (laughs) around the room. He was about 50. No. Very heavy set, bald, like, looked kind of like he wouldn't be out of place in the BMP rally. Right. And uh, he was just sort of shuffling around groups of people singing... Oh, I think that I found myself a teenager. No! I've not told you that before. 
Very oh. haunting affair. I, I like to think that cheerleader wasn't even playing on the. Oh, it thousand. wasn't. Oh, I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I think he just didn't know the other songs because he'd heard Max say this was the summer. He's like, oh, that's how I get in with the young lashes. <laughs> Got to get the song of the summer down. He played it on his Zoom. <laughs> his Walkman. <laughs> Come up here, lash. We've got Walkmans to spare. <laughs> Come up, make Come and look home. at BHS with me. <laughs> or watch the sunrise over La Senza. <laughs> Horrible. He was giving out five pound gift cards for the sender oh, that expired no. in the eighties. <laughs> Signed by Theo. It's Theo Pafitas that owns the sender, isn't it? Of oh, Dragon's wow. Den. It's only used to be. He's a problem of a man. Mm. Horrible accent. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible man. <laughs> Look, all that's of all which, he's got to say about it. All of which is to say that my second and final item from the bag of tricks is as follows. I want you to close your eyes. Oh, and I want you to open your hearts. My heart. Close open. your eyes, Declan. Don't look until Isaac says. Listeners at home, I'm preparing the table in front of us. I'm so afraid. <laughs> here okay. is the head of that. <laughs> and here, live from the garden, Theo Pafitas' skull. Okay, three, two, one. Open your eyes. Oh, excitement, ladies so and gentlemen, good. is three matching I Love Willow oh, t-shirts. That's so cool. I think I've given I'm... you the small one. Yeah, this, <laughs> will... Don't be doing I, this will fit one of my eyes. <laughs> I know, is that the small one? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> oh my god. But they sent, did you not get this? So Willow shut, as I said, and became a uh, Clinton's cards. Yeah, I'm going to do it as well. It became a Clinton's cards, which seems somehow the ultimate insult. Going from a place of genuine connection to a place that was just, uh, you know, mass-produced. I don't want to get too political, guys, but cards, I mean, fuck those guys, right? <laughs> Let's come up with our own sentiments. Happy birthday, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and um, it it was no more. So the people who have joined York in the last few years, they don't know anything about the place. I'm just turning down all the because getting shouted at by the app. And so in their closing down sale, why did they have to close down? It was some... Some controversy, wasn't it? It was like the government told them that they simply weren't allowed to be there. Who, Willow? No, Willow. Uh, yeah, I, I think they just hiked the rent or something ridiculous. Uh, okay. like, they, were, they couldn't. But it was a huge, like, there was an outcry. There was a change.org there were, petition. There were, there were Guardian articles it, Yeah, it was in Willow National Press, wasn't it? Yeah. Was, yeah. And um, when they closed, though, always one to scrape together an extra buck. They're enterprising, the Willow folk. Indeed. The family-run business. They were doing well for themselves, one assumes, because it was the busiest place every night. They put out this mailing list and started selling merchandise, which was a great idea. But I got an email. I never bought any at the time. No, I think I probably because my student loan had run out. Yeah. <laughs> and then... On day two. I spent, that's it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I spent it all in the willow. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they sent out an email. Did you get this? It was like a week mm. ago. Yeah. They were like, it's the final run. We've got a few t-shirts left. Five pounds each. Spend now or forever hold your <laughs> your tongue. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna pick some. Oh well, that's very So I think we should get a photo for absolutely, the, yeah. Maybe for the cover art of this episode. Yeah, definitely. That I'm thrilled to have it, but for those who can't, <laughs> it, it is horrible. Um, it looks quite racist. It's really racist. <laughs> if you don't know what we're it's, it's the most offensive. Let's describe it. It's very, contrary yeah. to my felt. Uh, comments earlier I'm not a felt man. and um, it's kind of done a sort of a it's, it's like it's looking at a kind of meat <laughs> a kind of horrid sausage <laughs> with a kind of willow t-shirt casing um, 
I do absolutely demand that we wear these on Monday. Oh yeah, I was going to say we should. Uh, um, that's that a maybe. <laughs> no, no, we can modify yours. We can cut like I'll stre- speed. All I'll do is I'll put it in a big river and stretch it out. That's a very a good idea. River. A yeah. big hot river of fun. <laughs> that would be lovely. I'm going to take it off because it's actually kind of hurting. <laughs> <laughs> it's constricting a lot of. <laughs> A lot of your vital organs. No, a lot of things on my body. Oh, and just uh, fingers have gone blue. That's very upsetting. I just wear this wife beater that I've got under it instead. <laughs> it's lovely. It's a great. You're a Stanley Kowalski kind of vibe. I'd like to, um, unless anyone's got any more to say on Willow, because I've kind of built us to a Willow crescendo. Well, only that Dan and I went to the very end. Of course, of Willow, yeah. That we, I did not go to that. I, I paid for a train to York. Mm. Uh, I got extremely drunk on the train. Yeah, uh, with some lovely bottles of wine. Uh, with whom? Myself. Oh yeah. <laughs> Are you, did you give up booze for a year? Is that <laughs> what's, what's the connection? I don't. I think that you're clutching over straws here. A few isolated incidents over the course of five years of solid daily drinking. That's it. Um, and I met up with you and mm. some other people who aren't worth mentioning. Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for having me stay, of course. And we went we went to the, the final, the closing night of Willow, mm-hmm. and it was obscene. Imagine we... Imagine a queue. I'm sure you can picture that. Yeah. Now imagine the horizon uh-huh. merge those two concepts together. Wow. You would look down the what was it? Was it Coney Street? Yeah, the street the Willow was on. There were thousands of people. It was like the how many actually? There can't have been thousands. It was like American GI escaping. The queue, the queue was at least two hundred meters long. Wow! And it, like it went the whole way down the street, down to like the and, square at the end. Yeah, right? and it was like it was, it was half wide. the street, and wide. it's always like yeah, it was always it wasn't a queue. Like three it was or a, four people abreast, anyway. Yeah, and we arrived five minutes before I opened and pushed in at the front. <laughs> <laughs> it's the clash, it's the winner. Yeah, You've been there enough time. Don't the feel ashamed to say I pushed a girl to the floor. <laughs> he does feel ashamed to say that he then kicked her in the face <laughs> and said, this is what you get. <laughs> it was but yeah, we just, we, we, we weren't we were missing out. <laughs> we have spent <laughs> more money in the Willow than anyone oh, else yeah. by far. And we Because I was going to say, because it was famously uh, Stephen Harper who is a wow, guy at uni, had been like every night. <laughs> that was a lovely Thanks use of the title. Um, who we were in a play with. We should talk about that play maybe sometime. Oh, yeah. Could talk about it in this episode. We're only 42 minutes so far. Oh, wow. Lovely. That's something to look forward to. What I've done there is tease a potentially, but probably not upcoming <laughs> section of the show, so we'll forget. He had been like every night. He used to go all the time. So he'd probably been more, but he doesn't drink. He never drank. No. So he didn't spend. He spent it for entry. And then what a Coke was about. I think they just sort of threw Coke at you. <laughs> they were just venting. You just lick the walls. He paid three pounds to just stand in the dark room and listen to songs that we were choosing. Yeah. Because we were always the we were messaging to the DJ ahead of time. On Facebook. Yes. Oh my God. But yeah, so we went to this and it was incredible. It, it was, was an incredible. absolute event. I really enjoyed seeing the pictures. It had a it had a phone machine. Which <laughs> you make it, you make that sound like we didn't invite you and you're really. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I really enjoyed, enjoyed looking at the pictures. Looking at the guys. pictures. <laughs> um, no, I didn't. There was a. I didn't want to go because I'd had such a perfect last Willow oh, experience. Because yeah. mm. it ended with us being invited into the what was the kitchen yes. of Willow. Yeah. And being offered and indeed taking. They had just a whole uh, yeah, like, collection of little like LPs. There, they were not like big vinyls. No, no. 
whatever that's called. They're, they're singles. Yeah. And they must have been there for so long. Like, because oh, yeah. obviously they hadn't used them for a hundred years. I got, we got such weird things. I got like Barry White. <laughs> I can't remember what I got. It was something really. I got Donna Summer, I feel love. Oh, oh yeah. that's a nice one. Yeah, and then we got photos with Mad Max. We could put in, that up on the side in the, as well. In the front of all of the disused kitchen yeah. where... It was really emotional. It was just like, such a perfect it was, closing yeah. willow. I didn't have such a perfect closing willow. It was good. Why, what happened? Well, well that, that night. He drowned it was, yeah, I was just, <laughs> I was I was just very drunk. Oh, yeah. Uh, and not in, a, not, in the, not in the good way. But then this last, the very last willow was incredible. And it then, didn't close until... Though, they like said 10, I think about 10 a.m. They, wow. they were trying to close. No, it was it was it was early. That it was that they they said they wanted to close at sort of four a.m. Like and we just did. sat on the and ground. We just sat on the ground and refused. Really, to that's so cool. And so they just it's like you were part of like yeah. a really big. Protest so they just kept movie. playing music, and then they brought the lights half up, and Mad Max just sort of did put it. a playlist on, mm. and then crowd surfed. Did he? Yeah, he yeah. did it. And then that's him amazing. And, him and Tommy both did speeches. Yeah, they which, did speeches. <laughs> which I've got video for. Oh, yeah, they, they said uh, we're going to make the last song in the Willow the first song that was ever played in the Willow. What the hell which was, was Mungo Jerry's In the Summertime. Wow. So they played it. About and then everyone refused to leave. <laughs> so they just kept playing other songs. And then it just turned into beautiful chaos. They were like, because people were starting to leave, but they were like, you can take whatever you want. Yeah, so Stephen got the sign. People were ripping the wallpaper off the walls. We took a chair. We took a chair. Oh, yeah, you took, you took it on a train home, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, so we, we took a chair each, and loads of people took chairs, and we then went, uh, this is about 7am, and we went, as was as was traditional, to McDonald's. Of course. And we it was, were soaked in foam as well, yeah. I remember. <laughs> Why did they choose to have our foam party one night? It sort of dribbled out of the Yeah, I can't imagine it was well administered. Fit. But we, it was so early or so late now, as yeah. it were, that it was now McDonald's breakfast, which was incredible. Oh, that's so good. And then we and the, about eight other strangers who'd got this breakfast were just sat in a circle on our chairs that's outside amazing. McDonald's eating. That's a really, I think I'd have been like genuinely too emotional. If I, I, I was, I think I would have cried. We were in bits. Like, definitely. I in the willow, we were in absolute peace. The best bit was when people just started smoking inside. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they did. Yeah. And I you, bought you those, your black rush. <laughs> I, I, I had bought... When I have a special occasion, I like to buy these cigarettes that are illegal in most of mainland Europe, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They're called Sobrani Black Russians. Um, Sponsor. <laughs> say, if you're listening. They're about, illegal sponsors. <laughs> yeah. They're about a quarter of the size larger than a normal cigarette and they've uh-huh. got black paper and gold filters. Ooh, and I tried so to buy them in Belgium once and it turns out they're illegal because... You they've can't got, smoke gold. They've got glue in the, <laughs> in the filters. And oh. rather than tell me in a normal way, the Belgian tobacconists just laughed and I, I asked, why can't I buy black Russians? They laughed and went, because... Glue in cigarettes is illegal here. So not only did I find out that I've been smoking glue, um, the day that I did wonder about some of the things you've been saying. The day that I'm meant to be my special occasion. So I found out I couldn't buy them. That's really sad. So for years you've been celebrating any special day by smoking smoking glue. God, it's a lovely birthday. Better smoke some old glue. Better do some substance abuse. And so, they, what you were just people yeah. were just lighting, lighting up, smoking joints, and yeah. no one cared. Not a single. What an atmosphere! Because there's Tommy very Bong little. The bong <laughs> Tommy Bong. Tommy Bong. That's hello. That sounds like a racial slur. <laughs> Look, it's Bobby, I know I'm wearing this willow T-shirt. <laughs> to be fair, this T-shirt was designed That's by sure. an Asian person, Vicky Fong. 
daughter of Tommy. I remember her. She sometimes manned the boys. Yeah, she was lovely. Mm-hmm. She was the. I think she was the person that we managed to convince to rename the Alex Wakelum the BDDD yeah. after <laughs> yeah. Bernier Doyle, Declan Delane, and uh, rolled off the tongue. <laughs> BDDD. Yeah, no, not very well. Actually. Can we? We should settle that point here because I've had a few people <sighs> mispronounce this, and it's not difficult. It's not. Think of it like ACDC. Yeah. And not, and I unhelpfully said it incorrectly. What did you say? Because you started talking, so I was kind of waiting. So I think it was like ACDC. BDDD. Yeah. It's like you're scatting. It's like yeah. your Miles Davis. Yeah. Oh, it's not like Miles job. Davis, actually, mostly. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a Louis Armstrong. Okay, it wasn't right, a criticism. Okay. The latest. Yeah. I really got that. Yeah. <laughs> the, you know, when he was dead. <laughs> and you can just hear it from the memory of his just coffin. Mumble from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dead. No, no, Louis. Your spirit will live on, yes. Mumbles from the Grave sounds like a P.D. James. <laughs> Mumbles from the Grave is a lovely title for a book about... A, it would be, I think, about a clown that was killed wow. and then comes back to... Mumbles. <laughs> Mumbles the clown. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? No. Oh, no, it's got legs. That could be the subtitle for the it's book. Got legs. Mumbles <laughs> the clown. He's got legs. Not here. He's got... What was... Was that the... Was it you who who said that about watching the football game? And was it Max who it said was, it? It was Max. Yeah, it was Max. Just watching football one day and his his only take, his yeah. only hot take on it oh, was as someone ran went, oh, he's got legs. Wild <laughs> <laughs> thing to say. Oh dear, that's a shame. Did you see that video of two Liverpool players facing 30 under nines? Oh yeah. It's so good. It's something I've always wondered about is like, because as an adult, you don't really How race children, children very often. You? Yeah, it's quite an interesting question, and we'll could get you to it. Kick to death? But it was really interesting to just see, like, when a professional athlete starts running. Yeah, it's just like they're a different species. It's just mad. <laughs> These little children look like tiny mice chasing this German tank of a man <laughs> as he just runs down the pitch. It doesn't even look like he's breaking a sweat. Just like galloping through life like the football pitch is treadmilling away underneath. They move like nanobots, don't they? They're in a real swarm yeah, they are. Like, following. It is. It's like watching like the spread of a virus or something yeah. under a microscope. <laughs> you can just see the hive mind kick in. But yeah, okay. Serious big question time. If this was the Alan Partridge show, we'd have that big questions theme. Uh, What's you... the worst kind of monkey? <laughs> Iron, fish, rumour or war? Bit of an obvious one, that one. <laughs> it's a classic, a classic joke from Alan there. If you're listening, Steve, we'd love to have you on the show. Yeah. Thank you. That's a shamecast at gmail.com. We haven't plugged our social media much. <sighs> ah, that's a shamecast, okay? Fuck's sake. Anyway, so you're in a, let's say, sw- uh, an Olympic-sized swimming pool with no water in it. Okay. Importantly, because I don't want to add swimming challenges. No, no, no. How, How many, uh, I'm going to say, Rope. eight-year-old children could you fight to the... Not to the death. They're trying to kill <laughs> to you, incapacitate. but you're trying to stop mm. from dying. So you don't want to kill them, but if you have to, you're not, not going to. A near infinite number. You're wrong. How violent are the eight-year-olds? As violent as an eight-year-old Where have they be? been... Trained. <laughs> they brought up in the mean streets of 1930s Hell's Kitchen. Wow. <laughs> They're all little wise guys. So, so you're fighting 150 Italian American. <laughs> Don't go thinking 150. Kids. I think you'd be overwhelmed by 15. Mm, I think so. No. 
I think what you forget is the fatigue factor. Yeah, but only so many of them can be attacking you in any effective way at any one time. But that number is quite a lot. 360 degrees of children is like one, two, three. It's loads. It's ten, I'd say. Yeah, but have you... Like, they're so ineffectual, children. Right, but they could... All it would take is, like, one of them to get you in, like, a, a, a dangerous area, like the groin, yeah. or the throat, or something. Well, you say this, when I was about eight years old, I was play fighting with my dad, and I, and I hadn't quite, sort of, like, developed the idea of a fist yet, so my hand was kind of a... <laughs> what? My hand was still kind of just an open palm. Oh, yeah, because you I only swiped. developed the fist at age ten. <laughs> You're not the only ten... Okay. Um... I kind of swung my open palm at him, and this is this is a ho- this is a horrifying story. Oh, no. say, trigger warning! Really really down trigger down warning! Joe Dange's dad doesn't ask. I'm going to get into very graphic detail. What happened? Oh dear! As my hand contacted his face, mm-hmm. my finger went. Oh. My tiny eight-year-old finger went <laughs> behind his eye, oh. and my fingernail scratched his cornea what? of his eye. Guys, did you get guys, guys, you cannot see this, but I've oh, never seen Isaac look this afraid. So he upsetting. genuinely cowered behind a chair, and he's got that kind of thin, oh, that thin line of tear over the eye. <laughs> as, as he imagines his own eye. Just in, just kind of not right behind, obviously, but just kind of in the. You gave him an ice scoop. Any mm. amount of behind. What did he say? Much. What was he immediate immediately went to the hospital? Oh, that's right. <laughs> and obviously, no. Intention to scratch my father's Not obvious at all, actually. So, what if one of these eight-year-olds yeah. gives you a, a lucky swipe? As I, <laughs> as I like to patent it, <laughs> Joe Dan's lucky swipe. <laughs> well, I mean, when asked hypothetical questions like this, I mean, the usual consideration is without such outliers as a no, no, no. But statistically, if you're going to fight enough Ooh. of them, one of them's going to eventually swipe the corneas. <laughs> I, I was not having my ability. I'm not enclosed. You're not allowed to be swinging. They could gouge out your eye through your eyelid. What well, if they were that, the long they, eight-year-old fingernails? Yeah, not coke, not coke, coke nails. <laughs> so how, how many do you think you would be able to take then? I don't know. That's why I'm bringing out to the room. Well, yeah, I think as a starting point, because the thing you've got to remember is that a single, you should, you you'd be doing wrong if a single blow from you didn't incapacitate well, the yeah. child. Well, that's my point. Like, right. They're but so then the problem is that the amount of time it takes to load up and punch and make sure that but, is incapacitated. But you're not going. Child. Don't go punching forwards. Swing. Take out three. Oh, I don't think the third one. Give them the corner. No, but they'll be knocked back. Yeah, but then they'll just come back. You're going to anger fine, them. But you're going to get can, their blood yes, up. Yes, but my system is still more no efficient than yours. No one puts an eight-year-old in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the swing around? What are we swinging the Matrix reloaded? Yeah, that's a good idea. Pick one up by the... Just use them as a shield. Just smash one. I think also, have you seen films like uh, the broadly terrible World War Z? Gosh, yeah. Because the only image that they... They realised, I think, when they were editing together the trailer for that shambles of a film, that the only image that was worth looking at was this one of all these... Are they zombies? Yeah. That would be the Z, won't it? Clever, wow. Zomboids. It's when they're all coming together... Like they're all just scuttling together really quickly, and there's a helicopter, yeah, and they pile up yeah. like a horrible, like in the Simpsons episode where Homer clones himself in the hammock, oh, yeah. loads oh, of times, no. and um, they they like scramble into a tower. But I think what you're forgetting is the sheer overwhelming mass of fighting infinite children. Because if they're just on, like if they just 
Oh, I see. Well, I was gather. assuming it in a kind of. It's not one at a time. Oh no! It's not Nazi zombies. So, oh, I, so what you're saying is that I have to pick a number, and, then and they'll they're all be released. all there at the very beginning. Yeah, and what no, I'm right, saying, like, because they're an average sample, some of them are going to be cowardly children. Yeah, some of them are going to be, uh, you know, Sturdy. Britain. Some of them are going to be African child soldiers. <laughs> well, <laughs> isn't it? I guess on average. Yeah. Game some of them changer. are going to have seen dreadful things or be boxing. Oh god. Game changer. Can I bring a gun? Uh, only if they can also. So oh. I think you're going to want to I think that would be I think that would be fine other than the full mentioned African child soldiers. Or most child soldier of any most continental descent. <laughs> <laughs> Antarctic and child soldiers. They've got a lot to fight for, okay? <laughs> um, well, I don't think well, it well, well, yeah, well, that, Of course well, that, it can. Well, that, There's all kinds of stories from America of children accidentally shooting their parents and you wonder what accidentally means. In a thousand children. I reckon about 20 future shot like Jesse James sharpshooters at least well that I mean that that (laughs) does the caveat does change that because I assumed that it was just that they would keep coming in like in a wave and it was how many how many would I take before I finally succumbed rather than pick pick a number and then they're all in this tub with me Let's say you're. I've changed where you are. You're in the hollowed out Millennium Dome. Right. And wow. I don't know if you ever saw it. They used it briefly once it was done being the dome as a a staging ground for like flying competitions, oh, yeah. where it's like these lighter than air foil model airplanes that can stay up for like eleven hours or something mental. I'd love to have seen it like that. It sounds really good, but there are some pictures. So you're you're in the middle of that. Whatever the number that you pick, they all start at the outside, like. Like, I imagine The Hunger Games is like, but I haven't seen it. Yeah. But I seem to remember there's some kind of circle that they all start Yeah, they're in a big dome. Yeah. So they're all starting on the outside, and at a countdown, the cage comes up or whatever. Uh, Like lions from the Colosseum. And yeah, and they're going to... I think their goal is that if they can't, as a group, get you down then they're all going to be killed and all their families as well. Will be so who's presiding over this? The Queen. I Interestingly, <laughs> it's actually Les Dennis. And oh. I didn't want to be the one to reveal exclusively on that to share that the former Family Fortunes host gets off, that's right, gets off <laughs> on making children fight adults in a dome. But, you know, I can't hold that kind of truth in any longer. Les, if you're listening, at That's a Shame cost. You can direct any complaints your to that's there. a shame at gmail.com. Right, well, I'm going to have to go out and conduct, conduct some tests beating our eight year olds. Okay, well, we're going bowling <laughs> this evening. Then so. I'll, yeah, then I'll get back to, to the, to the listeners maybe uh, in a couple of episodes. I would time. like to do this with more things as well, just to get your take on like what? different animals. What do I think I could fight? There is actually there's a computer program which is like a simulator of like battles. Do you mean what Call if, of Duty? No, it, 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 you can like render in. Like any amount of just like random Foes. soldiers who just kind of like run it. That's each interesting. Other. So what if I'm wondering? wonder if you could make? Do you think it random... has a child mode? <laughs> I'm sure I'm you could make like not. maybe just tiny people. Maybe they've got dwar- <laughs> and maybe they've got dwarves though. Yeah, bring them to like half strength. So they're that's kind of equivalent of a tough child, I imagine. Half. half that's strength. what we call them actually. Half strength children. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Nazi terminology. Half strength. Get rid of the <laughs> half strength. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, that's unresolved. I think we should pick up that thread in a future episode. All right. Um, I'd like to end on, because we're coming up to an hour, just uh, a discussion of a story that you told us, Dan, <laughs> about a certain Miss Beetlejuice. the one. Who is your dear mother. My dearest mother. Um, 
I well, I don't really know what to what to say about my mother as a kind of introduction to her. Difficult um, to summarise. Yeah, I was. Just she's thinking. a she's a woman of immense of of immense loveliness, mm-hmm. um, but also she's a woman of immense insanity. <laughs> her Facebook is some kind of goldmine for psychoanalysts the world over. Her sense of grammar is just unparalleled in its incompleteness. It's like, it's like the closing chapter of Ulysses, where it's all just one big sentence. Yeah. <laughs> Except she's doing it over 12 years of Facebook yeah, exactly. <laughs> and hasn't let anyone else in on the joke. No. So very recently, um, we've had our garden redone. We've got like a, um, a new shed put in and a new carport and all that. Ooh. And we've got a big empty space. And my mum thought, you know what, I'll plant, I'll plant a couple of lovely birch trees. I thought, oh, what a lovely idea. That um, is lovely. And I squirreled up to my room, as I do, because I don't want to talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Unless she says something mental again. Um, and then I come down about an hour later and she's, she's ordered the trees on Amazon, which I is mad. I simply you didn't can, know you could order them. They, they, I'm they, going to send trees to everyone. They just come. describe trees as wildlife by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to officially retract that. <laughs> they, they come wrapped in bubble wrap and with a little pot of earth. Well, they're mini little trees that are going to grow. Well, yeah, they're, it's like a little... How little many do you reckon you could fire once? I think infinite number yeah, of, I'd say what, so. of not wildlife. <laughs> These trees were ordered, they're on the way, and she mm-hmm. said, I'd like... I'd like to get a plaque for the trees. And I thought, okay, get one plaque, put it in between the two trees. Yeah. So classic move. It's a, it's a, it's a thing people do. Yeah. I thought, that's nice. What are you going to write on the plaque? And she thought, oh, I've got a few ideas. She didn't, she didn't delve in. <laughs> a few ideas. She's got it covered, is what she's saying. Were you she's not like, worried? If, if I heard your I immediate, got... I immediately sank my head to my hand. Yeah. <laughs> What's this plaque got to say on? And I, I imagine she would go to a site that had a kind of list of pre, pre-rendered yeah. things to put under a tree. like Quotes about trees. Yeah, some Robert Dot Frost com. lines or something about trees. I love trees, Robert Frost. <laughs> <laughs> I love that poem. So I thought, well, I'll leave, I'll leave her to it. And there in lies your error. Susan then went... I'm not sure where she went. <laughs> I don't think she's sure. I think she went She went off on a mad one. If we cut to her perspective, it would be like Bojack Horseman, yeah. his drug binge. Next time I see her, she says, I've ordered those plaques. On the dark. The alarm. <laughs> the alarm bells. Silk the alarm bells already ring. I've ordered plaques. those plaques. Mum, did you mean an S on the end? One, Mom, one you've... plaque per tree. <laughs> Mum, you've only got two trees that are one foot away. <laughs> Good thing you've got two plaques. <laughs> And they're, 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 they're not small, they're up postcard sized, these plaques. Substantial. Um, Bigger than the mini trees. Mum, have you, have you decided on what, you've, what you're writing on these plaques? And she says, yes, I have. Can I run it by you? And I thought, well, of course, yeah, I'd like you to run it by me. <laughs> I'd really Please run it by me. <laughs> these trees will be here far longer than you will. <laughs> and she goes to her phone, she pulls out the email where she's written to Amazon. She ordered the plaques of Amazon as well. Dear Mr. Amazon... And <laughs> the plaques read as follows. <laughs> Who plants the tree winks at mortality. <laughs> now, or my first, before I kind of considered the phrase itself, it's so mad that you would... Pr- make two plaques that say exactly the same thing <laughs> and put them of two, two trees yeah, that are next to each other that are like brothers these trees brothers also, in arms it's in quotation marks but then 
it's not attributed to anyone afterwards. <laughs> and it, it turns out <laughs> the reason it's not attributed is because it's a misquote. Because so I gave this a, a Google immediately. Because I, I read gave it, it a Goog. I gave it a Goog, as we like to say on That's a Shame. Um, and because I, I was reading it and I was thinking, I don't really understand what it's saying. I wonder if I'd just woken up, I think, because it was who like an early tree morning. Winks at water. So it's like, who a plants a tree? Okay, so that's not a question. Okay, I've solved that one. That's step yeah. one. So he who plants a tree, or that they who plant trees, winks at mortality. Now, winks, I thought about for a few moments. I thought, what, <laughs> what do they mean by that? Are they challenging it? Is it like, it's quite dangerous to plant trees because, I don't know, they might fall on you. And you're like, well, <laughs> you're going to try and crush me, are you, tree? Have a go at this mortality. So I gave it a Google. And it's, uh, the first thing that comes up is a link to The Independent. Felix Dennis uh, the poet inside a 60s radical turned multimillionaire. And he's this poet who is apparently quite well known in, in the 60s, as it said, who is, as of the time of reading this article, or writing it rather, which was <laughs> some amount of time ago that I can't wait to find out. <laughs> he was recovering from cancer, so that's good. Glad he's still doing well, well unless done. he's dead, in which case, God rest his soul. And he'll never live to find out that Susan has misquoted one of his most famous poems, which says, uh, where exactly is it? It's from a poem called The Fog of Age, I think. And it starts quite nicely. The fog of age begins a morning mist, it says. Essentially, the quote is the exact opposite of what Susan has said. (laughs) Because it's basically a rephrasing of that quote about like, uh, society is when an old man plants a tree whose shade he'll never enjoy or whatever it is. It's slightly nicely, more nicely put than that. But so clearly the idea of Dennis's line is about like, if you're putting a tree into the earth, you're leaving like a legacy, a natural Mm. legacy. What Susan, Susan Beals Chewski's line is if you plant a tree, you're more likely to die. <laughs> and also you're kind of challenging death to just come on then. Bring it on. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> After asking me to uh, consult her on my opinion, I immediately said that's the worst thing that I anyone's that's ever the, written. That's a real shame what you've done there. It's all where like form she's used is form she's used is just used is just also wrong. Because it's the quote is whoever plants a tree. Exactly. Because who plants a tree? Who plants a tree? Well, me. <laughs> Winks at immortality. I, Susan. <laughs> I'm winking. Wink at death. <laughs> so I say to her mum, she probably, she probably changed that. She looks up and goes, oh, I can't now, I've ordered. <laughs> and not only was it ordered, it was in, it's now engraved permanently onto a piece of steel. Onto two pieces of two steel. Two pieces of steel. <laughs> of giant. Literally less than 30 centimetres away from each other. And what I like to think is that when the time comes that the D'Angelo's no longer occupy that house and someone else is moving in, they'll go out into the garden because they'll probably, they'll have had a tour of the house and have seen all the lovely rooms. The garden they'll have seen, I'm sure, but they won't necessarily have been there long enough or feel comfortable enough on the tour to kind of delve in, exactly, to peruse in depth. And they'll come out to the garden and say, God, this is such a uh, feast for the senses, this garden. It really makes me feel at home with nature. It's like Keats is back whispering into my ear about God and grass and all that. And then they'll say, oh, but what's that glint there by those two (laughs) silver birch trees? A double glint, that's interesting. Let's go and read it. And they'll bend down and they'll be so perplexed. (laughs) I just want to be there to witness the cut from the plaque back to their face. Is it just... (laughs) Just... What he, does that mean? He who plants a tree makes no, it. No, who, no, 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 no,
That's a weird one. What does the next one say? Who plants a drinks at mortality? Wow. God, they're very keen on this phrase. I would feel so uncomfortable I living in that house. I would assume that that phrase is written in more places in the house. And I think I'd go so mad like tear it apart. Open the dishwasher. You should leave like a recording in the attic of you just whispering it every year. Can you do me a favour, Isaac? Can yeah. you just Google tree poem? Tree poem. Because I'm thinking that might be along the lines my mum went down. Oh, and you think it might be like... And one of the... We're in the first ten pages. This would be the saddest discovery. Okay, so the top result is... uh, Trees by Joyce Kilmer. Oh, we know this one. I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. Uh, That would be a nice thing on a plaque, wouldn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I think that I have seen lots of things nicer than trees. (laughs) Some of them were poems. Who sees a tree? (laughs) Wink. Wink Wink at poetry. (laughs) Poetry. She could have gone for the pun as well. That would have sold it. The next thing. Kick the plaques. (laughs) Can we get a photo of the plaques for Twitter? Yeah, because hashtag they're a shame. The next thing is a spiritoftrees.org slash poetry. And there are too many poems to look through here. But there are such titles as Advice from a Tree by Milan Shamir. Lord, the air smells good, <laughs> which I imagine is probably not meant to be read like that. It's more psalm like. Very tall trees, think like a tree, and one called An October Astonishment, which sounds like a horrible subtitle like a, an to attack. an expose about a sex crime yeah. or something. And on that note, I mean, well, I was I was going to say that it it led a little bit into something that I I just wanted to mention. Oh yeah, no, go for it. Uh, which was that I had been when we first came up with the idea of doing the show, mm-hmm. um, I was going to try and put together a little feature Ooh. of going through um, some old or some obscure sayings, proverbs, uh-huh. idioms. Um, but I came into an unfortunate roadblock. That the first, <laughs> the first three yeah. that I encountered to put on the list were all about shit. <laughs> Oh, oh no. <laughs> which was a so I I scrapped it, but I did because uh, I, I I I was watching The Sopranos, mm-hmm. and uh, dear old Uncle June had spoiler one, had one of his greatest lines. Okay, it's probably not a spoiler. No. <laughs> which I was, was just uh, looking out for you, listeners. I think it's early on, and someone asks him for something. Uh, or oh, I love that him, scene. Or they, they tell him that they want something, and he <laughs> he, he responds with the line, "Well, why don't you wish with one hand and shit in the other, and see which fills up first? Oh, <laughs> which horrible. is a horrible line. What an onslaught of poetic imagery! I know. <laughs> Just unleash an unsuspecting question asker. But then I was I was thinking, you know, you know, what else could could I throw at Isaac and uh-huh. see how he responds? And I. Immediately went to a story about my granddad who was working at Ford in Germany mm-hmm. during the, the 80s or something. And uh, he was having an argument in like a board meeting or something. And uh, some woman was uh, telling him that all of his designs were shit. Oh, get rid for of cars? Them. Get rid of them. Like This awful. one's only got one wheel, yeah. you idiot. And, went, and you, can, you can take your designs and you can, and you can leave. And apparently my granddad just stood up and went, and you can go shit in your hat. <laughs> and left. Ooh, wow. So then I wrote that one down. And then I can't remember what the third one was. Oh, yeah, that was it. It was, again, something I heard someone say on TV, which was described something as, as rare as rocking horse shit. 
That's a good one. Which is a great phrase. That's the only one I would... Oh, that's an upsetting <laughs> gastronomical addition <laughs> to a fecal phrase. But I wrote it down and then I reviewed my list oh, I've and noticed that it had such an unfortunate theme. And so I, I decided very early on to cancel that. Similarly, though, I hope that whoever ends up living in this house one day comes upon a scrap of paper. <laughs> oh, what's this? It's a note from the past. The first line's about shit. Second, oh, it's all about shit. We'll be moving now. And I'm oh, going yeah. to get it on a plaque. <laughs> Two plaques. Or At bus. least. Well, Between five trees. Thank you for sharing that story, Joe, because I've been thinking about it basically every day since you told it to us. Just yeah, enjoying it over and over again. And thank you more broadly for being our first, our inaugural guest on the show. Yeah, How has the experience been for you? It's been lovely. Yeah, Highs, it's, been a, it's, it's been a real, it's been a real joy. Oh. Have you enjoyed the fact that this room is vastly too hot? I, <laughs> I'm wearing two t-shirts as well, and I've the needed load, to go to the bathroom for the load. Will definitely uh, when I have to put on that cellophane wrap of t-shirt. <laughs> yes, I wondered why your head suddenly sure started inflating. You're looking forward to wearing it again for hours on end on Monday. It's been uh, an enjoyable episode for us. I hope it makes some sort of sense to the listener. But maybe we'll listen back and find out ourselves. We've got an, a great episode coming up on Wednesday, haven't we? Yep. Let's tease some of the things <laughs> we, we talk about. So. We talk about uh, monks fighting. Yeah, that's all I can remember because teachers threatening. Oh God, it's lovely, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Until then, though, and yes, oh my God. We introduce our first ever feature. That's crazy, oh, yeah. yeah. That's true, and it's a bit of a shambles, but that's what you oh, come yeah. to love. Well, <laughs> but not, come on. It's not all about shit, is it? Uh, Weird that well. you think that. No, it's not. Here's a little <laughs> teaser for it. You're going to be hooked. Oh! Wow. Well, I've been Isaac. You can follow the show at That's a Shame Cast and me at Isaac BD, Declan. Uh, you can follow the show at <laughs> That's a Shame Cast. Or you can follow me at Cynical Declan. Or indeed, you could email us. Of course. That's a shamecast at gmail.com. What really important you get the cast in there. Yeah, unless you just want to chat to a stranger. I was thinking we should try and get that person on the oh, show. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And Dan, plug yourself. I've been Joe Dange. Uh, if you want to follow me, probably not a good idea. You can follow me at Dange Joe. D-A-N-G-E don't even, Joe. Don't even try and send me an email. <laughs> You can try, you might as well just whisper into the darkness. (laughs) That's how much luck you're going to have. We'll see you on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. And until next time, give us a taste. See you later, guys. Simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Oh, Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life For me, the bare necessities of life will come to you. 
necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, old Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander. Necessities of life will come to you. The necessities, the necessities, the necessities of life will come to you.